Hello, my name is Sean Holly, and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. We are a podcasting duo, and your name is Sir. Hello, this is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. Sean is right. This is the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. Hello, listeners. How are you? Yeah, we're all right, thank you. I'm a listener as well, you see. Well, you have to listen to it and re-edit it, I suppose. How are you, yeah. Sean? How have you been? Been really good, thank you. Yeah, I've been up to loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. We'll get into that. Firstly, let's get let's clear a bit of admin first. The Apple Podcast shenanigans. For some reason, when we put the podcast when I put the podcast out last month, people couldn't download it or no, it didn't come on Apple Podcasts, did it? For some reason, it didn't come on the, on the RSS feeds. I'm not sure why this is. It's been fine for like ten years. Nearly 10 years is our anniversary, and it's been absolutely fine. Now, all of a sudden, it doesn't want to work. But you managed to get it out to the listeners, didn't you? It was only Apple RSS that was a problem. Yeah, the, 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 the Apple RSS feed wasn't picking it up, and mm. all the podcasts, all the podcast apps that link to Apple, like Podcast Addict, were not, were not seeing it. Yeah, so I don't know why I, that is. I asked my son to have a look at it, and he looked into the RSS feed, and he tried a bit of coding, and he said, "He said there's loads of things that are required by Apple, but you've never, I think he called them tokens or something that you, you've never en- enabled them, so that's not a thing." Yeah. But but the only thing I can think of is that they've all of a sudden start well started a like a, a restriction on the size of the yeah. podcast image. Our, our image was slightly off. It needs to be dead square and a certain number of pixels, blah, 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 a certain size. I made sure it was that. I was up till like 3 o'clock in the morning sort this out one night because mm. I was up late doing stuff, and I was on it for an hour, and it really annoyed me. I got the picture straight, got that up and, and running. It was no problem there. And then it was something to do. I don't know what I did in the end, but I think you actually managed to sort it out. But hopefully, this month it'll be okay. Hopefully, it's sorted now, and everyone who uses like the Apple RSS, which is quite a lot of people with iPhones, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Hopefully it'll be okay. We'll have to try it out before we put it out. So, yeah, I uploaded another one, and I think that one is visible to Apple users. Yeah. And some people can see two of them now. (laughs) But, yeah, we've got it working, but it was a very strange thing. I I just think all of a sudden they they were enforcing this image size. I don't know. It's like a wasp at a picnic. It's just annoying. It needs squashing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the arcade stuff. I have been... You know, I got these pony arcade cabinets. They're, for anyone who doesn't know what they are, they're metal-made, steel, uh, Japanese candy cabs by Jalico. And they're 28-inch sit-down cabinets. Um, they're quite rare in this country. I only know of, I think, 10 or 11 in the country, and I've got four of them. Um, mm-hmm. I've got four of them. So my original two grey ones came from... I think it was either Las Vegas or Casino in London, in Warren Warren Street, Russell Street, I can't remember. In London, anyway, it's a downstairs arcade. I got them years and years ago when I first moved to London. So I've had them for ages. They've been probably my favourite cabinets. I'm never going to get rid of those. And a little while ago, before I moved to Scotland, just before I moved to Scotland, I was able to buy two uh, done-up ones that are actually re-powder coat painted white, because they're usually grey. And these ones are powder coat painted white, but I had to sort of put them all back together again. And... When I got them, I got the monitors with them, and the tubes, both tubes, were knackered. And that's the first time I've ever seen a broken tube, an actual worn-out tube. They're really, really dark. 
And I even tried rejuvenating them with a, with a CRT rejuvenator, and it didn't do any good. So the tubes were just balked. They were knackered. Broken. I remember you trying to do that. Yeah, and they just would not work. Um, mm. And the tubes that go in them, uh, in all the all the ponies I've seen in the UK, every single one, and I've seen probably all 10 of them, because I know the people who've got them, and I've had five in total over the years, they've always had Hantrax um, Polo Star or Polo 2 monitors in. So those tubes fit in the rotate mechs, because they've got a rotate mech in there, where you just grab hold of it, and turn it around inside a machine. It's really easy to rotate them from horizontal to vertical. So I've been... The two white ones I've got, I've never really used, and I managed to get some tubes which sort of fitted without the rotate mechs. So they're sort of in there, but they, they can't rotate very easily. You've got to sort of take them out and do it, and one of them's really quite tight in there. So I've really gone off the idea of having four ponies. I don't need four. The two originals I've got are never going anywhere. They're my favourite cabs. They're not going anywhere. They're rough and ready, arcade cabs. They've been in my possession for years and years. I still love using them, love playing them quite often. Never going anywhere. But the white ones I'm going to get rid of. So one of them, uh, I've got a potential buyer, uh, and he's, he's happy with the price and everything. I've been doing it up and getting it ready. So I've been... Uh, I made new wooden panels for the monitor chassis to sit on, which is in the side of the cab, and also the power supply to sit on in the base of the cab. I refitted all the coin-taking hardware, so it's got like loads of... like mechanisms and brackets to grab the coin and guide the coin down into the coin box and there's different bits and there's some hardware and there's a coin validator and blah 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 all the bits to make coins work on it but i still don't think it's going to work it's got something missing but that's the bits i got with it when i got it i'd never got all the bits with it so i was doing that up and realized it needs a new control panel so i had to steal a control panel off one of my old ponies and then had to remake one for my old ponies. I made a shiny new one. I'll put it on the uh, on the podcast webpage so people can have a look at it. Because I quite like making pony panels because I'm a metal worker by trade. So I can do that sort of thing quite easily on the machines at work. So I've done all that. Um, and I'll probably sell the other one soon afterwards. But I've probably got to do a little bit of work to that as well. And it's hard work working on them damn things. Because everything mm. is steel and everything's screwed together. And where it's been powder coat painted... The powder coat painters didn't do a very good job of masking the holes. So any screw holes, like little M3 and M4 and M5 screw holes, weren't masked. They got paint in. So it's really difficult to get the screws back in. So you've got to sort of tap them out with a, 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 a thread-making tap. You want to use it work for making threads. So you've got to sort of get in tight places to get these. And sometimes it's impossible to actually get in there. So you've got to be really careful about how you put the screws in and stuff. It's been a right pain doing it. But all that work is going to pay off because hopefully the new owner will get a lot of use out of it. I've also got to get it down some of the steps in front of my house as well with Martin when he comes. That'll be fun. You know how heavy these things are, don't you? Yeah. So I've been doing all that. Uh, I've also been messing around with a Nintendo PlayChoice 10 bar top with the aim of reproducing it for myself. So I've always wanted one of these things, but they're just too hard and too expensive to buy in this country. So I'm going to reproduce it and probably going to put Modern hardware in there, like a PC or a Raspberry Pi or something like that. Oh, oh, talking of Raspberry Pis, did you know the Raspberry Pi 5 has been announced? Yeah, it's coming out in, well, maybe now, when we're, just after we record this. It said October, didn't it? Well, I know exactly when it arrives, when it arrives in my door. Because I've mm. ordered one already. I pre-ordered one, of course. I don't know why, I probably wouldn't use it. Yeah, it looks good though, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a little computer, isn't it? I think I pre-ordered the... The eight gig one, so it's the, the top of the two. 
Hopefully, yeah. use it for some kind of arcade use. I hope get some decent version of MAME on there and have a nice, really quick loading up one. So yeah, I'll probably put a pie in this bar top, uh, and I'm going to put all the Play Choice Ten games on it and a menu system. Hopefully, get the menu system looking just like the original Play Choice Ten one, like the green screen. Mm-hmm. So get looking as close as that as I can. And I'm also quite interested to to reproduce the little cabinet. I'm going to use my CNC machine to make it at home, the wooden bits. Uh, I've got to get the metal panel bent up. I've got to sort of get a, a fabricator to bend up the panel. There's a couple of bends in the panel on the front. And also uh, the little joysticks. Do you know what the joysticks look like on those things? They're really tiny little things. Yeah, you picked one up from me house, didn't you? Yeah, but I've I've got a really good idea how to make those joysticks exactly the same. But they'll be better because these, these ones have got like a... They're in a sort of enclosed unit. And these ones stick because they're old and probably need lubricating and all that sort of stuff. They do stick a little bit in the corners. But the ones I'm going to be using will be using modern joysticks, you know, microswitch joysticks. I'm still fixing the Sky Cursor board. Uh, it's all working now. Got it going. Uh, I just need to get into the BIOS settings and correct a few things after the battery backup lost all its settings. So you've got to sort of make it come on after power off and that. And I think the USB might not be quite wired right because there's no controls at the moment. I'll get it sorted though. It's nearly there though. Nice seeing it working again. Oh, I've also been... You know I make these little controllers, usually for Vectrex consoles, little mini yeah. arcade controllers. I've done a, a, PC, a Play Choice... Sorry. I've done a PC Engine one before. I've done a Master System one. I've done a NES one. I've done various ones. All the same sort of kind of thing, but for different machines. I've also done a Neo Geo one recently. Um, and if I put them on Twitter and on Instagram saying, no, orders are open for these. You know, If anyone wants one, get in contact. I've had a big fat zero orders placed. So that, that people are really interested in those. Yeah. But um, it is a nice thing. I've actually got a Neo Geo AES machine of my own. I haven't got one. But I have got an MVS, which I'm looking at at the moment, which I use for testing it on. Um, but there's only a couple of games on it I've got on the cart because I might have to get one of those yellow 100 and whatever in one multi carts for the Neo Geo. So there's some good games on that. Hmm. So I did, however, have two morons on Twitter complain that I'd used dome-headed screws rather than hide the screws under the 1.5mm thick plastic panel, which is actually impossible. And the button placements were, brackets, all kind of wrong, apparently, even though they're exactly the same as the Neo Geo official control pad. Mm. So, yeah, you simply can't get a crescent placement. You know, it's sort of in in a crescent on the original big controller. Right. You just can't do that on one of these little boxes. Mm. Impossible. It just wouldn't work. But, alas, two seconds of thinking is just too difficult for these Twitter imbeciles. I <laughs> I really dislike Twitter sometimes. You put some out and everyone's usually going, oh, that's really nice, I like that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then someone goes, that's wrong. Oh, for God's sake, really? You make it then. Mm. I was also doing some yard work. Uh, out in the front of my house. I was cut the gra- grass the other week and trimmed the hedge. When I was trimming the hedge, this big pink burb came out. I grabbed it, got a thousand points, and that was it. I had earlier been doing crystal meth, though. It's very Moorish. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be sort of a, a kind of a weird side effect from playing that timber game, do you think? It might have something to do with it. Could or have. the crystal meth. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Have your teeth fallen out yet? Yeah. Um, 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 um. 
Have you started asking strangers for money in car, uh, car windows? No. All right. You're all right then, I think. Good. Hello, I would like to know, what are the games you've been playing? Right, I have. I think I haven't mentioned this. Uh, my wife, Jan, she had a reset. Ten days, right? From you? Yeah, from me. From the world. She, 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 mainly you? Yeah, there was, a bit, there was a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> she went to Polperro because she loves it. Explain in, to the listeners where Polperro is again. Southwest Cornwall. Down in the south of the southness of the UK. Yeah, right down the bottom. Mm-hmm. So she went there with a pad, a pen, a phone, and she did lots of photography. She did nice. lots of write, lots of writing. Mm-hmm. She sw- she switched all social media off. She said, "I'm going to message you once a night to make sure, make sure you know, just so you know, I'm okay." Make sure you got your socks and pants on okay in the morning before yeah. you went to work. So, yeah. So I had the house to myself, and I thought, you know, I've got all these things I want to do, you know, like a bit of, you know, make a bit of music and do some, get some podcast stuff done and some YouTube stuff done. And all I did, because wife wasn't in the front room, I went on the big telly, you know, the big telly, <gasps> big telly. Wow. You know, she doesn't usually make me allow me to watch the big telly. I watch big telly, loads of like violent, useless films and some, some deep and meaningful ones like my life with biscuits. Have you seen that one? Oh, sounds amazing. It is really good cool it, it's about biscuits and life all mixed so up she's together. now reset she yeah nice yeah Work, working with she, she's a care and working with the lady the lady has mental health issues and it's 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 physically fine mentally it was really it can be really draining she comes home really tired mm, but she loves it and she knows that she's helping this person and, and their family so yeah. It's good stuff, really. Yeah, and all country walks, new restaurants, which has a new restaurants, kids, not old restaurants, new restaurants in new places for new faces and new food. The food was good. How many faces did you eat? Seven. Nice. Yeah, yesterday, I've just come back from the arcade archive, actually. Oh, you lucky get. I couldn't go to this because I had in-laws up for the day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it looked really good. Tell us all about what was going on. So tell us who was there and why you were there. It, is a, it was a UK, a UK VAC, like Mini Me, but also Alan Meads, who's a British arcade historian, was there and he was giving a talk. And I, I loved his, his podcast appearance that he did on Ted Dabney, the Ted Dabney experience with Tony Temple. So he was there to do a talk and it was excellent. And yeah, I listened what... into the podcast on that. He's, um, he wrote the book, uh, is it Arcade Britannia? Yeah, bought it. I've got it. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, it, it go. It goes. It's it's like some of the book was really good, and some of it I didn't get on with because it was like a sort. I think it actually was his his PhD thesis, which is mm. how you get a PhD. You've got to write a book on whatever you're studying. For, so for that reason, it's absolutely brilliant, and it goes really far back into like um, the history of like traveling fairs and stuff. Who had these mechanical machines, and obviously. All this entertainment from years ago, which eventually came onto the, the video arcade and pinball later on in time. So that bit wasn't really that interesting for me, but it, obviously that's where it all came from. So if you want to write a book on it, you've got to do it, mm. and it, it goes into like the, the British side of it as well, which is interesting, obviously because we're Brits and we, we live here, and that's what we grew up with in the eighties and nineties. 
or 70s, 80s and 90s. So that part of it I really liked. I would like to have gone there to, to ask him questions about the UK arcade scene because I, I want to know more about the UK arcade manufacturers like Subelectro and um, I know quite a bit about um, Electrocoin because I've had Electrocoin cabs before and I've actually talked to the owner of Electrocoin a few times. But it's like this, the Subelectros and the... I think it was it was Arctic, one of the UK manufacturers. There's a bunch of them. Al- Alka. Alka, yeah. And obviously Atari Ireland as well, he probably knows quite a lot about. And it'd be nice to quiz him on some of those things. But Alka was massive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was a really good time, was it? Yeah, excellent. Really good chat with him and, and then a, a lot of gaming, actually. I played... Cool. Because he was on about the... British games, yeah, like that came, not a lot of them, but obviously a lot of these British people went on to consoles and computers because that's where the money was. Yeah, when when the arcades were like sort of had the big crash kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I hope I get this right. I played Super Hang On with Smarty Martin. Yes, I played Juno first with a guy called Jim and Retro Russ. Yes, I love Juno first. It was on hard setting, and I was still getting about three hundred thousand. Oh so wow! I've still got it. I've still got it. I think. I love that game. It's good. It's a good one. If there's one podcast game, we need to do do it again. But you know that'd just be not not good for listeners. The Pit, which is a British game, so I tried that. I was struggling with that. Yeah, it's a bit janky, isn't it? Retro Russ and Alex and Alex. And what else did I? Two players with people. I, I hope I haven't missed anybody. But yeah, it's really interesting and an excellent day and i drove it in a day drove down and back in a day because the pit is um i'm sure he says so in his book the pit the sort of we think namco came over to the uk for one of the trade shows in early 1980 or 81 yeah and they saw this and either took some ideas from it or already developing dig dug and they realised it's a similar kind of way of doing things with the game yeah. mechanics. And we don't know what they took from it or whatever. But, I mean, The Pit was obviously before Dig Dug, slightly. And there was a lot of gameplay mechanics that resemble each other. But I think The Pit, to me, I have played The Pit, and it does remind me of an 8-bit game. It looks like a sort of 8-bit computer game, you know, from like the Spectrum or the Commodore 64 or the VIC-20 or something like that back in the day. So it doesn't really remind me of an arcade game so much, but a home home computer game. Yeah, you know what I mean, a, there's a big history about. I think the English guy was getting sued by Namco, right? But it's his idea, kind of thing. But yeah. it's, I think it's all in the books. So I'm I'm going to read the book. Yeah, I've read it. Yeah, Temple was there. Who? Uh, some of the the vacas. I'm going to miss a few people. Sorry, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. They don't matter. Balls to them. <laughs> there, there was a couple of really good players. Ghosts and Goblins. To, uh, somebody, Riccardi. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a really nice vibe, actually. It reminds me. Oh, it always is. It always is there. Reminds me, really, of Arcade Club Floor 3, as it is now. You know, that, that nice kind of old arcade vibe. As it should be. My favourite. Mm. So yeah. I drove back late last night. Mm-hmm. Bit tired now, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would like to have gone down, but I, you know, the in-laws were up and sin for a year, so I had to be present really. Yeah, mm. that would have been a nice one actually. It'd be really interesting to talk to that guy. 
So I've been playing Mario Bros and Ghosts and Goblins. You can probably tell I was using the 19 and one PCB to check the horizontal monitor and that pony I was building because it's on. Hmm. They're on the 19 and one. I still can't get past a big golem dude on uh, Mario uh, on Ghosts and Goblins. You know the, the the ones with the 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 brown guys with the tattoos, the heart tattoos. Mm. I can't get past them guys. I can't make the way around the ladders to do that and go some goblins. I'm getting further. I'm getting there nearly every time now because that game is just so hard. And I've yeah. seen it completed and it just it's just so difficult. It's it's almost too annoyingly difficult to even bother with. But I'd like to get a little bit further than that if I could. I think a lot um, of it's a memory game, actually, looking at this guy play. So oh, yeah, good. yeah, definitely. Mario Brothers, I still can't get 100,000. 96,000 is my best on there, and I still can't do it. I keep having a go, but can't get Oof. there. Oof. I also <laughs> decided I haven't been playing enough arcade games lately because I've been just busy doing other stuff. I mean, nothing to really talk about, to be honest with you. And I've not been mm. in my room playing. I've been making stuff and doing things. It's just getting a real drudge and I just want to get on and play some games so the other day I put some cabs on I played some I got a multi-space invaders kit the Phil Murray multi-space invaders in my little space invaders cab I was playing that I was playing Phoenix I played loads on the Vartek Cadet I had a quick go at Bosconian a couple of goes at Cuba I was downstairs playing Berserk on the BZ FPGA which I've got for that mm-hmm. also on the Vartek Cadet which is a vertical monitor in that little cab I was playing Time Pilot 84 that's a great game it's nearly mm. as good as Time Pilot, and Time Pilot is an all-time playing, classic. Playing Time Pilot. As you should. Mouser, mm. which is a favourite of ours. Mm. And, as you said earlier, Juno First. I was having a good go at that. I'm not that great at it, but I really like it. Vertical Defender. Yeah. But even though it's quite a tough game, still easier than Defender, I think. Defender is just nails. Mm, really it's more is. accessible, I think. I think so, yeah. It's a great game, though. I was also looking out for games for the next podcast, because I, I really do think we're running out of good games to talk about. We're, we're getting up towards mm. 200 now. And I know they don't have to be good games. They don't. They can be janky, they can be rubbish. As long as they're interesting and we've got something to talk about, and it's not just, this game was rubbish, I didn't bother. Mm. That's what I'm, I'm personally getting that a lot lately. A lot of the ones we've done this year, I've been like, I've had a few goes and just go, oh, I just can't be bothered. It's, this is not interesting. I don't want to play it. It's not a game mm. I'd ever play. And I'm really pushing myself to try and play it just so I've got something to talk about. And this month's game is no exception. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking, of, I've been trying new kind of genres like with Super Hang On and this this. Yeah, they don't really game. work well. It's, it's the same old Some thing with the do. arcade. A lot of old arcade games, especially the older ones or the more sort of the newer modern ones, they do require you to be at the arcade with the arcade controls, whether it's handlebars, trackball, steering wheel, whatever. I mean, unique mm. to the game, not just a joystick or, or a you know spinner, which we can use here. But it's, it's one of those things where I've been going through the games. Cause it's my pick for the next month's one. And I just started off in 1980 on Main, because on the Main I've got, you can choose by year. I was going through mm. the years, and I got through to about 1987. And the list of stuff that grabbed my attention is quite short. I mean, we've done a lot of them already, or some of them are just not accessible. They might be twin stick or trackball or, you know, whatever. Because I, I think I've actually got a cab with twin sticks, but a lot of the listeners might not have. I suppose you could mm. always use a PlayStation 2 sorry, PlayStation or a Xbox or whatever controller with, with the analogue thumbsticks. 
Mm. It's not really the same as two joysticks, like a Robotron setup or something. So we, we do try and get accessible games for our listeners. So, you know, one joystick and a couple of buttons or you know, just buttons or whatever to make it easier. But it's getting more difficult to find that now. So, you know, racing games are out, shooting games are out. And I don't really like those kind of games anyway. But, I mean, you know, it's quite difficult playing a racing game with a joystick, especially if it's not analog controls. Mm. And, like, the game we, we're doing this month, Alligator Hunt, I really do think it should be an analog setup, but we'll talk about it later on. Um, so I've been looking for it's not many. There's not many about. So mm. it's, it's getting more and more. Di- as as obviously we go through a lot of them, it does get more difficult to find games to do. It's going to be like that, isn't it? So I have got one for next month, though. I have got okay. one settled. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what have you been playing? Well, apart from all that stuff at the archive yesterday. Yeah, I've been watching too much TV. But you know the... And when I came back from Daventry, the Pinfest, and I, lo- I loved it, you know, hearing it. I've, I've, gone back to the, I've gone back to the virtual pinball, and it's, mm-hmm. not got, it's not got the same allure anymore because I've been playing the, the, the actual... Real ones. The real stuff, yeah. Yeah, don't fall in that hole, mate. It's expensive. Yeah, so I'd never get one, I don't think, because I'd be bored of one. big as well, aren't they? Be build of the the same table in about a couple of months, then you you can flip them and swap them around. And it's that. a lot of hokery pokery and bother. Yeah, but because I'm so near all the arcade clubs and they've all got pinballs, I can I can play them there. Yeah, you're very fortunate being that close to arcade club because you're not mm. that far from the one at Bury and the one at Leeds. Mm, and Blackpool. Blackpool's not too far either for you, so you're really spoiled mm. there, aren't you? Spoiled for yeah. choice, son. Hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, that but that's. Apart from last night, I've been playing... What else have I playing on the cab? Do you know, I keep going back to Sun Sun. Do you know when you think you have a favourite game ever? It is I a know. great game. I, I go back to Exit Exis and um, Bulgus, early um, Capcom games, same as Sun Sun. And I just play yeah. them a lot. I mean, the I do have about, I don't know, 20 or 30 core games I always go back to and I always enjoy. I never really get any better at them. Sometimes I'm not that good at them, but I still go back to them. I love them. Yeah, I've got my favourites up here. I've got like Horizon and Road Fighter. I love see Road Fighter is one of them overhead race games that I love. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird game. That I wasn't quite into it, but it's one you've known for a long time, isn't it? Star Force, of course. I play Star Force a lot still. See, sometimes I play an auto fight, which is quite relaxing. When when you've had like a hard day, just like like you cheating. Dirty get. <laughs> what are you? I don't use. You know what? You know why I don't use auto fire? Because I never really worked out on Mame how to use it. Because oh, my, I've, I've, I've had so many different Mame versions over the years. Every now and again, they change how to use it. Because I think it's like a, a plugin or something. Yeah. And I don't really know how to use it, so I can't even use it even if I wanted to. The only cheat I really do enjoy, I can't really play without, is the turbo on Pac Man games. Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Pac-Man Junior, Super Pac-Man, all that. it's got to be the Turbo version for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd say Volgus is is a very, I think, Volgus is easier to pick up and play than 1942 because 1942 you're looking for that when you get near a million. Oh God, that's not me. The the sort of well, when you get up to them points, you you look into 
uh, it's hard to explain, but you've got to have certain digits when you get to the final sort of when you land on the carrier at the end of a level. And if you go over over these digits, it cancels the extra life counter, so you don't oh, yeah, get don't any you more know, extra Do life. you not play the one that's been fixed, though, the ROM set that's been fixed? I've never got that far, so I've never had that problem. I don't know if it's, it says it's revision B on main, but I don't know if it is fixed or not. I don't know. I've never got that far to be bothered with it, to be honest with you. I think my best ever is only about 400,000. Which is not great. Mm. I, I do. I need to play a bit more 1942. I do like going back to it and and actually play some. You know, really get seriously into it because I think I could get if I could get half a million, I'd be really pleased with myself. That'd be really good to get mm-hmm. half a million because I've only ever got to the big, like the mini boss. You know, the big plane once or twice. I think that the first one appears at 28. I think level 28. Yeah, because it goes backwards from like 43 down, doesn't it, or whatever. 33. Yeah. 33. Yeah. So I've, I've never really got that far in it, but um. Yeah, I would like to get better at it. It's one of those games I would like to get better at. I do like it a lot. I always like 1942. It's very good, isn't it? Very good. Yeah, I, I love I love Vulgus as well. That's that's like a pick up and play thing. But yeah, old school. Yeah, all old school. Simple. Mm. I had a quick game of um, talking about new school. I played um, Donut Dodo the other day. Ooh, yeah. Because I, I just put it on the. Where was it? I saw something about it. Ah, one of the listeners sent some feedback in it we'll talk about later. And I thought, oh, I'll have a quick game of that. And I put it on, it's on Steam on the PC I've got over there in the corner. And I played it on there. I've got it on the Switch as well, actually. Um, but I really would like to get that in a cab. So I need to work out, you can do it. You can play it via RetroPie on a, on a Raspberry Pi. So I need to get that in a cab somehow. I have to work out how to do that. It'd be quite good to get that. That and um, Anna Lynn, some of the other games, the sort of PC arcade games I like playing. Really enjoy playing those ones. What were we playing in? Was it Prince Arcades in America? Yes, they had that modern cab in the corner. It was like a modern looking thing. Nicely done, though. And that was, I think, a PC in there with loads of different versions of PC Steam arcade games. There were some NES emulators on there. It was all sorts. And it was quite nicely set up, wasn't it? Yeah, and that had had Annalyn and Donut Dojo on there. Annalyn is so good. And so is Donut Dojo. They're brilliant. And also Hoppy Hop. That's a really Mm. good game as well. And uh, what was the other one? Murtop. The, mm. the, the little rabbit that's a bit like Dig Dug. It's a great game. Arcade News. Have you seen these shoes, Sean? I have now. Would you wear oh, them? Oh, my sweet Jesus. Would you wear them? No. Neither would I because they've got wheels on. These are Heelys for children. Oh, Those annoying yeah. little children that wheel themselves about the supermarkets and these things. But... They're Pac-Man. They're Namco licensed Pac-Man ones. There's some high tops and some sort of ones that look rather like Vans. They mm. look really cool. I mean, they're for kids. Really. If an adult wore them, you'd think there was something mentally wrong with them. But <laughs> they they do look really cool. They're yeah. cool for kids. I mean, if I had young kids, whatever, I would buy. But the, the wheelie things really annoy me. I think if you're beyond the age of like 13... Heelys really annoy you, but they're for whizzing around the place. They look cool, though. I do like them. I haven't seen any kids with wheelies for ye- for years. I thought it was gone out of fashion. I hope so. God, they're annoying. Mm. Whizzing around the place. Oof. <laughs> Another mouth to feed. <laughs> Have you seen the Monaco GP all-in-one PCB kit? Now, this is a full-on bona fide arcade news, arcade product right here. Yeah. This is by a company called Ixotec. Never heard of them before. I think it's the only thing they make so far. And it's, um, it's basically a reproduced motherboard. So it looks pretty good. If you've got a Monaco GP cab, 
and you can't be asked to constantly fix the horrible caged board set of the original. These things break down for pastime, and they're really hard to fix because they've got like five little tiny boards in a board set all connected together. So when you want to get it apart and work on it, you've got to make like a loom to to get all the bits together so you can see them all at the same time and work on it. So they're not nice to work on. And this thing is quite small. It uses all modern components and is a drop-in replacement. You just take the original out, plug this in, off you go. It's that simple. There's no adapters or anything to buy. It just works. And it also hooks up to the original LED displays on a Monaco GP cab, which is really cool. It's also got some modern bits. It's got um, savable settings, and also it saves the high scores as a bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not cheap at €330, Euros, but I would, if I had a Monaco GP cab, if it was the kind of cab I wanted, I would pay this in a heartbeat to get it working all the time. And they even do one for the really odd cocktail version of it. Remember we saw the cocktail version at Eurocade that year? Yeah. They do a version of it for that as well. That must be unique IO settings on it, I presume, because it's a weird version with a steering wheel and stuff. But yeah, they do a version for that as well. So it's really, really good. So we'll have to keep an eye on this Ixotech. Hopefully they do some more modern solutions for old arcade games. Do you want some trivia on, on that? You probably know anyway. Mono, that Monaco GP was the last TTL game made. Yeah, so how come t- this thing is how come this thing is done on a reproduction? It must be it must be FPGA of TTL logic. How weird is mm. that? Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Well it's got an LED readout, isn't it? So It's got an LED dis- display for the, for the top five scores and your score, I think. And I think yeah. If I remember rightly, the the clocks work as well. They actually the dials move around. Am I misremembering that? Don't know. I think the accelerator dials and the speed dials work. I can't remember. But this thing seems to have all the I/O for all those parts as well. So it's it's apparently you can just take out the old board, put this in, plug all the bits in, and it's exactly the same as the original. And when you want to put it back in original board again, you just unplug it, put it back in. It's that simple. There's no adapters, no splicing of wires, no difference. It just it's just plug and play. For three hundred and thirty euros, that's quite a deal, isn't it? It's quite good to fix is, your Monaco GP cab. Forever. Yeah, if you've got one of them, because they are a bit yeah. of history, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice cabs. That was one of the ones I used to play uh, a Monaco GP cabaret and a turbo cabaret in a chip shop when I was a kid. That was one of the two cabs I remember distinctly in there. Just love mm-hmm. it. Cabaret. That's weird. Yeah. Well, all the games, all the games in there were quite small machines because it was quite a small chip shop. I think they only ever wanted little machines in there. That's why I used to play Sub Electro Isis in there because they had little tiny cabs. Mm-hmm. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I heard about you. Biscuits with you. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been eating some biscuits, Mr. Marlon. Have you indeed? Yes, That's unusual lovely. for you, isn't it? It's lovely. I've gone to Asda again. Asda. Was... Yes, yeah, so there's a couple of them. Belgian white chocolate and pretzel cookies. I thought they was all right. There's a bit of a weird mixture. You know, like the pretzels. Yeah, salty got pretzels. Salt in. I know you're allergic to salt in chocolate you're weird. No, they is all right. It was okay. I'm not keen on pretzels, actually, so I probably wouldn't like those. There's more pretzels than, than the actual chocolate. It was all right. It's all right. But this below here, look at this, kids. Hello. You can see that. You can see that. This was actually advertised on one of them big, sparkly, lighty-up cameras. Uh, not cameras, them boards. 
like a like a TV screen. You mean but, a television? No, one of them boards when you walk into ASDA. It's, it's like an, an A-frame, but it's not an A-frame because it's it's like a, a, a pointy up. Did you dream this, Sean? <laughs> a pointy up sign. Sign. It's, it's an illuminated sign. Oh, I forgot that with the kids, didn't I? Right. And this Thank is white goodness. chocolate. I'm not that keen on white chocolate. It's too sickly for me, white chocolate. I'm not and they were advertising on that sparkly sign, white chocolate digestive. So I got me some. And as you can see by the crumpled packet, I took a photo of it before I threw it in a bin. They yeah, are nice. They're gone. They are definitely gone. They are nice. They are Moorish. They're not, they're, not they're not at the top of the white chocolate biscuit. What is? Thing. I think it's them foxes rings. You know them foxes round rings. Party rings. No, they're, they're like you only get eight in a pack, so you'd be oh, pleased. De definitely good. <laughs> Are they thicker than quarter of an inch? Six point three five mil thick. That's yes, also a, a requisite on biscuits. If they're thicker than that, they're good biscuits. Hmm. Yeah, but they're chunky. I think they call it. I think that's the best. Apart from when you know when you get white chocolate tober and that, but actually in Ugh. a biscuit. In a biscuit, I think them foxes, I can't remember what they're called. They look like rings and they're little spikes on them and that. Yeah, try them out, kids. Yeah, rings and spikes don't really sound that appetizing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Look at these biscuits, they're white and they've got rings and spikes on. What? Mm, yeah. Yes. What's in Victor's wallet? We don't know. Let's find out, shall we? I've bought a small bandsaw. A small? Small bandsaw. It loves chomping mm. through stuff. Saw saw. Did a saw saw. It's all part of my uh, making stuff thing. It's going to be handy for making stuff, definitely. But uh, nothing really arcadey lately. Uh, I don't really buy that much arcade stuff anymore. I'm normally buying stuff to make bits for arcades and consoles than, than actual arcade bits. I tend not mm. to buy PCBs anymore. Meh. Yeah. I would buy that Nintendo PlayChoice 10 if I could, but uh, I don't think it's for sale. It's only on loan at the moment. Mm, definitely it buy it. I love that machine. It's awesome. I was playing Goonies the other day. Goonies. It's, yeah, I think you're right about the sticks. They do need looking at on that machine, don't they? They're yeah, not, my not, one's going to be nicer. Mm, yeah, they're not, not fantastic, them sticks, I don't think. Have you more... bought anything arcade-worthy? Bit more chunky. Uh, no. I've bought some non-arcade stuff. My wallet is creaking from the non-arcade stuff I've purchased. Uh -oh. When wife was away, I bought a Bosch oven. A Bosch cause oven? Because her, her oven was goosed. You know, yeah. you've got go gooses in it coming out. Feathers everywhere. I'll tell you what, ovens full of gooses, unless you're doing a goose dish, is not a good thing. <laughs> honk, 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 honk. Still alive gooses. Yeah. yeah. It's goosed. So I've got a new Bosch oven. I got a new oven as well. The, the oven and, we oh, got in this house when we got here was something out of the 70s. You know, an eye-level grill? Yeah. People in different parts of the world probably don't know what we're talking about. Have a look at Google eye-level grills, right? They're horrible, dangerous things that, for some reason, the UK in the 70s used to have when we were all little kids. It had one of them in it, and it was getting wife down so much because she's, she's a really great cook and she loves baking, and mm. you just can't do anything in the gas oven because the, the the heat is all unregulated. It's just awful. And so we, we just, I just said to her, like, you know, the house is taking so long to fix up. We'll get a new oven. We'll install it, electric, um, whatever they're called, the 
convention. Uh, you know, weird hobs, I can't remember the code now. Induction. Induction hobs. Yeah. And then when we get the built-in stuff, we'll sell it. You know, we just use it for now for a year or so and just sell it. Mm. And it's been brilliant. She's She's been baking, making me cakes and stuff. It's been amazing. So we got one new one as well. And so I, I fitted it. God, that was pain. I got the Bosch engineer out, you know. I, t- I took the other one to the skip. I got the Bosch engineer out because you cook some at and it stays on. You said, yeah, it wouldn't turn off. No, for like 20, 30 minutes. And he came out and he said, yeah, it's perfectly fine, sir. He said, touch that front glass. He says, it's got to be cool. You know, with health and safety, it's got to be cool, that glass. So it gradually blows the heat out and cools everything down. So I said, it's doing yeah, what it should be doing. Yeah, it is. All right, okay. That's all right then. He said, after 30 minutes, did it go off after 30 minutes? I said, yeah, it was almost exactly 30 minutes. He said, because I took a video and I showed him, look at this. I've took my chicken out. Stop, hold on, hold on. You videoed a stationary oven for 30 minutes and then made a man watch it. (laughs) Was this some sort of weird kidnap type scenario going on that you made this man watch no what i cleverly cleverly did i put the timer on for 40 minutes i said this is 40 minutes this is 15 minutes it's still on and then when it got to 10 minutes i said look now it's off he says yeah will do i said but the fan's not working at the back he said the fan is only for cooking you've got fans in the roof of the cooling it down he said if if you put if you put the grill on it's going to because it heats up the oven more it's going to stay on longer I said, well, we've been switching it off at wall. He says, don't do that. You could actually melt the electronics in the in the in the Bosch. Eek. I think he's been a bit extreme there. Mm. So, so we're actually used to our old of them. Just it must have been crap anyway. But yeah. we're used to it now. Switching it off, and you can still hear it blowing out the air inside. Even if the fan's gone off, the light's gone off, everything's off. And it does. It, it goes for a while, and it stops. Mm. Okay, it's done now. It's so, sorted. So, yeah. So I've got. That, that's part one of my thing. I took the car in for a service. That's um, that, that was quite that was quite expensive because some service agreements ran out. Got some new tires. Got one new tire. It's a black one, and it fits on the side of the car. So that's kind of good. Should have got some white walls. That would make it ever so special. Yeah, and yeah, that's it. That's it, kids. I haven't bought anything apart from. So, in a word, no. Arcade news, no. Yeah. I had to tell I had to tell kids if you do buy these new ovens, <laughs> it's good. Come on, hurry up with this oven crap! Listener feedback. Feedback. We've actually got some, Sean. Yes. So I moaned about it. We didn't have any. We got some. Mm. And this one goes, dear Victor and Sean. That's us. I know you wanted some feedback, so I thought I'd send you an email. My name is Clint Eastwood, seventy-one. No relation. I listened to the first podcast two episodes ago, the Thunderhoop episode. I was introduced to your podcast by Graham Greybags. We worked together and we found that I love arcade games. I built my own machine five years ago, but I found out that Graham was passionate about old games that did not have a machine. So I built a bar top machine for him and built myself a second machine at the same time. What a nice Ooh. guy. Building his guy, mate machine. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. I love your podcast, it's awesome, and the challenges every month is excellent. Most of the time I wouldn't play that particular game if it wasn't for the challenge of getting a high score to submit on 10 pence arcade. Unfortunately, this month, I'm not going to submit any score because the game that Sean picked this month, Alligator Hunt, is appalling. <laughs> I tried to play it, but it's ten times worse than Thunderhoop. Uh-oh. At least Thunderhoop gave you a couple of lives to play with. With just one life to try and get a high score, is horrible. So far, Timber has been my favourite month of high score challenge. 
Keep up the great work you're doing with the podcast, and I think you should have a forfeit. If Sean picks another Galco game, he needs to do push-ups. Great work, guys, and look forward to next month and podcast, and it's Victor's choice of games, so I can't wait. Attached, I've sent three photos of the arcade machines I've built. Two are mine, and the third is Graham's. Thank you. They're pretty good, actually. They're nice-looking machines. JPing. Oh, actually, no, this is me. I missed this feedback on the game score submission from Jay Ping on his last time regarding Timber because he was, he was putting a Lumberjack song in and he, so he overwrote his more funnier. This is like, this is, this is all wood-related about Timber. He said, I was getting sycamore poor games. Sycamore. Oh, this is, it's a pun run, isn't it? Go on. Yeah. I wondered whether to leaf it or not. But when I saw it twigged, it would be popular. No, you, poplar, which is pop, also, also a tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would God. you believe it whittle by whittle turns out it's oak, eh? You would be a sap to miss this. It's got 97 trees in there. Well done. Well Jay done, Ping. Jay Ping. Yeah. Have a word with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Good, that one's it, one's it, kids. It's lovely. This is from R Funk. Evening, Chief. Hope you're keeping well and aren't suffering from the lost limbs due to a CNC machine. No, I, I've been working on CNC machines for the past 32 years. I'm used to using them, even though mm. I have cut bits of myself before on them. Uh, he was also saying, Listen to your enthusiasm about the Bitcade for a while, and I'm hoping to have Bitcade version 2 in my hand very soon. Thanks to the lovely people at Paradise Arcade Shop. The only negative being my bank balance now looks like a little depressed. We'll help you know. We'll let you know how it goes if you're interested. I am actually because I've got the Bitcade, the bit, the Bitcade one, and it'd be interesting to know what's different in the version two. Yeah. Uh, it also says off arcade topic. I want to get in touch about your mention of Doom running on mobile. If you've not spent much time with Doom in recent years, I encourage you to have a look at the scene. It's insanely creative and still hugely alive. It's been ported to everything. Sure, someone even had it running on a printer a few years back. Possibly a fridge, too. Why? God knows, but for all fun, the same. Definitely worth wasting 30 minutes on. I am actually going to do this, because I haven't played Doom for a while. I recompiled Doom years ago for the Mac, so it works on the mm. Mac. And there's, there's so many wads out there for it, and people have done some really, really cool stuff with it. Whole whole new games that you can put on Doom and play in different versions and you know different lands and worlds. It seems really cool. So I'll have to get into that again. I've always liked Doom. I definitely will do that. Hmm. What else is he saying? Right, yes. Uh oh yeah, right. This is from Theodore Merrill. He's that saying Merrill. I have not put that score in the high score table. You better do that. I'll put it in. So Theodore, I'll put your score in. And I'll try and remember to read it out when we're doing the countdown. Mr. 20 to 5, what time is it? It's 20 to 5. 20 what time to five. is it? 1637. 1637 is almost 25. It's been a long time, long, long time. I fed your backs with some syllables of appreciation. It's been, yeah. As, rest assured, I'm listening as intently as ever as the drop of each new episode prompts my phone to register its arrival. Having been with you since episode 34, Time Pilot, good choice of joining the podcast there, young man. April 2015, the last eight and a half years, I've seen a lot between us. (laughs) Friendships have grown, t-shirts were worn, weekends spent away, broken things fixed and fixed things broken. And of course, more biscuits eaten than maybe we really should have. The podcast has changed over the years, evolved 
is maybe a better word. And with most things that run for this length, it's not been without its wobbles. But you're both still here, and I love you guys for... He's a lovely guy, that Neil, isn't he? Oof. Should we invite, invite him round for tea and that? I have done before. Oh, I, I, should, I should do then, yeah. This is the best arcade podcast out there. That is, if you compare it against all the others that are hosted by two guys from Glasgow and Blackburn. I just want to say thank you. You tugged up my heartstrings last episode when you had no feedback and I'm making amends. Lots of amends here. And talking of making things, I'd be, I'd be keen to hear about what Vic is up to with his secret project, what we've just been talking about in Nintendo Bar Top. No, no, there's a more secret project than that. Oh, I know it, don't I? You do. Is, it, is this with, with the other guy? Yes. Oh, right, yeah. More of that okay. in the future. Mm. But this can't all be gushing, lovely appreciation. We need to talk about the elephant in the room. I actually bought my friend an elephant for his room, and he said, thanks. Don't mention it. I don't know if that's that's a thing he actually did. It's probably a small elephant. The last games have been not only questionable, but more amiga than arcade. What with Chunder Poop and Ali Hater Hunt, these seem to be more at home in a 16-bit computer than the arcades. I mentioned this on the chat we had. Because he was on about the graphics and that. I said, that that kind of mid-90s graphics, there were games like that. And I sort of it, I reeled off, I think, Willow, Toki, some of the Metal Slugs have similar kind of graphics to these games that we're on about now, Thunderhoop and Ali Hater Hunt. Surely not, he typed with hope and an air of desperation. But what will the next game be? We must accept that we cannot, we cannot change and embrace the future, which I really mean is the past. Anyway... That's all from I. It is time to go once again and gently caress my pole position cabinet. Have you been reading his pole position blog? I haven't read the new one. I will soon. I keep meaning to do that. Yeah, I do enjoy uh, Neil's writings. I will be on to that very soon. I haven't because it's all very technical. Yeah, but he's he's taken a really nice project with a pole position because, as anyone in the arcade scene knows, pole positions fail a lot. So it's a nice cab to do a lot with. There's a lot of things to do on it. The cab looks really nice when it's when it's up and running. It's brilliant with the steering wheel and all the side art and everything. So he's got a lot to do there. And it's modern equivalents to keep it running nicely now, etc., etc. There's lots of technical bits to do to it. And he's doing a really good job of it. So it's a nice project to get his, his teeth into, really, especially if you're, you've done a few projects like Neil has. So it's, it's a good mm. one to do. Yeah, so anyway, that is all from I. I once again to gently caress my pole position cabinet in with one hand and whilst the other hand readies with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Before bringing both hands together in a silent prayer to the arcade deities and then flick the switch. Boom! He'll be right there. running for a while. He's, he's done that much on it, but I couldn't have done better, I don't think. No, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a good job of it so far and it'd be nice when it's all done actually it'd be a real good thing to do when it's all finished friendly shout outs massive shout out for Blake Brett and his partner Keely for making and sending me I've got it on now Sean's Arcade t-shirt it's nice at, I like it put, I have to put a link in North Shorts at crafted by Keely on Facebook there's loads of stuff she's done Mainly like other like art arty things, not not just t-shirts. Cool. Or the the t-shirts are art. They are. They I are. Lo- I love a maker. Makers are brilliant. Yeah, I can stuff. I can I can make stuff. I can I can make amends. You can make a mess. I can make a mess. You want to see this silicone I've done around the bath? It's not brilliant. I can imagine. 
Did you sit in the door and the taps and everything in the toilet? Anything that moved and some things that didn't just siliconed Silicon. everywhere. <laughs> that the stuff is messy and it stinks as well. The windows don't open and you know it's everything and safe. And the, and the the shower mat is we're just going to have to keep the same shower mat because it's silicon to the floor. Absolutely, it's brilliant. I have to big shout outs to Paul Pobster for lending me the Nintendo Play Choice Ten bar top. It's a very interesting machine. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this. I'll get my old tape measure and my vernier and everything about to it and measure some stuff very soon. Get it drawn up on CAD. Do some bits. It's the Pico 8 Arcade Debate. Now this is one. Uh, I've not been playing any Pico 8s recently, but I did notice this one, uh, which is being made at the moment. This is Paul again. Paul... Thanks. Ham X, his name Ham is on X. Twitter. Uh, and he says on this, too tired for coding tonight, so I worked on some sprites for the Pico 8 version of King and Balloon, which is a, an old Namco game. Uh, tricky with 128 by 128 resolution, but pretty happy with how it's looking so far. Mainly just a player sprite left to do. It looks brilliant. This guy yeah. is a genius. He's so good at Pico 8 games. It looks absolutely brilliant. It looks just like it in a small factor. I'm really mm. looking forward to it. And... Paul is also, by the looks of it, working on a mappy conversion, which I'm also looking forward to. The guy's genius. He's just really good at it. He seems to take him no time at all, and he's just great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. He is a dude. He is a dude. So we've, we'd sort of scrapped the arcade story segment of the podcast, and then Theodore Merrill comes up with a new one for us. So we'll bring it back for this episode. For the the... Uh, nostalgia stories. Yeah, we weren't getting any. We've got a massive one here, so we split it into two bits. Uh, can do. I'll uh, do the fir- I'll do the first novel. You do the second. Go on. Once upon a time in the mid seventies, the first cab I saw was a pong cabinet in Walco in Columbus, Ohio. My grandparents also always went to the Great Southern Shopping Centre in Columbus on Friday nights to get groceries and have dinner. After dinner, they would have a big fight and run away, making stuff up. Just read it. Sorry. I used to spend two quarters to play. Uh, I used to spend two quarters to play two games by myself with one paddle in each hand. The cabinet was located just inside the entrance to the left. What's he on about? I've missed a bit, don't matter. The drugstore at the other end of the mall had a vertical shooter when you can, where you can catch sections of ships that were labelled 1, 2 and 3. I'm virtually certain this was Mooncrester. It will be, won't it? Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. Long after Wilco, Wilco vanished on the other side of the... Uh, on the other side of the road was developed to expand the mall and used to be some kind of store that sold imported merchandise and rugs. Along the back wall of the store, there was a digital pinball cabinet. I cannot remember the name of it, though it was li- a little silly to have this kind of pinball game which you could just play an actual game. But I enjoyed it n- nonetheless. That must be. I don't know what year that is then. The Murphy Mart department store in my hometown got its first arcade game, Space Invaders, in the late 70s and then Space Invaders Deluxe Cabinet later on. Uh, Shakey's Pizza in Columbus had several vector machines such as Red Baron and earlier games like Indy 500, Sub Rock and Fire Truck. My mother used to work as a security guard in Westland Mall in Columbus, but it had one of the greatest arcades I could ever remember. This is the arcade where I played some of the greats such as Defender, Starfire, Battlezone, Tron and Space Invaders Pinball for the first time. The theatre next to it had Phoenix. 
A smaller arcade also opened there for a short time and they had a nice variety of games. The only one I remember playing was a game where you piloted some kind of third-person rocket sled through tunnels and you could drive the sled all the way around inside of the tunnel but also went to outside areas. The cabinet had a motorcycle-like design where you sat down. Mm, That rings a bell. A local pharmacy had a ladybug machine. I also remember one of the old-fashioned television tube testing machines that sat next to it. A local grocery store, Super Duper, had Star Castle. Now, my single favourite place of all time was Fuzzy's Arcade in my hometown. It first started in the local Cardinal supermarket in in a small side room off the grocery section. This is where I saw Donkey Kong, Popeye, Cosmic Avenger for the first time, and then it moved into its own mini mall location on the other side of town. They had a small section in the back where you could buy cheap snacks such as popcorn, hot dogs and nachos. You could also take the food and drink outside of the seating area though. This is where I saw the vast majority of my favourite classics for the first time like Mario Brothers, Star Wars, Cliffhanger, Dragon's Lair, Puyin, Bump and Jump, Cosmic Chasm and Super Cobra. Another local arcade called Thomas's Fair Play had Sheriff, Crazy Climber, Pac-Man, Gorf, Asteroids, Atari Football and Missile Command. You could also play Atari 2600 games for a small fee. It was a nice way to try them out if you wanted to buy one. This was also the arcade I got ejected from for swearing at the sheriff machine. (laughs) Main Street in my town had a place called Pinball Alley, which obviously, as the name says, specialised in pinball machines. Devry in Columbus had, in their lower cafeteria area, Pepper 2, Spy Hunter, Pengo, Space Ace and Mappy. This is where I saw and played Mappy for the first time and I have greatly enjoyed it ever since. Eastland Mall in Columbus had Buggy Boy and Astron Belt. The local Walmart at one time had its own deluxe sit-down version of Hydro Thunder, which made me buy the game at the same time I bought the Dreamcast in, in 9999 when Dreamcast came out. A local department store, now defunct, named Heck Fighter 2 and Crazy Kong. I remember seeking out Street Fighter for the, first, uh, for the Super Nintendo due to the exact machine, not noticing how similar to Donkey Kong and Crazy Kong was. Yeah, yeah. Hex was also the store where I bought the vast majority of my former collection of VIC-20 and Commodore 64 cartridges. I still have lots of home gaming memories, such as the computer store in Columbus that specialised in nothing but Atari 8-bit computer games and hardware, and Video Games Express that is still open to this day, but has moved several times since then around the town. There are several excellent mom and pop gaming stores in Columbus, at which I would rather spend my money than eBay anyway. Oh, I also respectfully ask covering Ninja, Baseball, Batman. Yeah. Oh, and that's Wizard it. of War he wants. And Wizard of War, that's a good one, yeah. Oh, yeah, Wizard of War is a good game. Hmm. Thank you and keep up the great work. Thank you for that, Theodore. That's excellent. Arcade Master Quiz. I've got a quiz for you, Sean. Let me uh, get my phone out and get it on there because obviously you can't see it in the notes. This is. Quiz 191. Question 1. Let's get straight into it. Question 1. What kind of a game is Apu? Maze game. No. Apu, spelled <laughs> A-P-P-O-O-O-H, is a really janky wrestling game. I often see, mm. you know, when you're scrolling through some of the games, you see Apu. What's that? It's a, rest- it's a really janky wrestling game. Really old one. So, zero out of one so far. Uh-oh. Question two. What kind of game is streaking? Streaking. It's quite a dodgy game. Is it an adult poker thing? No. It's not. It's a maze game. 
Is it? It's, mm. it's questionable. Questionable. Question three. What is the game Tornado a bootleg of? What kind of era? 80s. Early 80s. <laughs> Give you a clue. Must, know, must rush you because we have time, all night. Time pilot maybe or? No, it's a bootleg of Defender. Is it? Yeah. Mm. So you've done, you've done well, Sean. You've got four out of four incorrect questions so far. I'm doing well. Going for the ten. <laughs> oh, sorry. Three out of three. Question four. What are your enemies in the game Tranquilizer Gun? Animals. Yes. Like, like uh, lions and stuff. And- it is, yeah. We, play, we mm. saw that at Galloping Ghost. Yeah. Question five. What is Ghost Muncher a bootleg of? It's got to be Pac-Man. It is. Bonus question. What hardware was it running on? Galaxian. Yes. That's a guess, that. That's a good guess. Question six. What controls does the game Mars use? Mars. Is it? It's a game I want to cover on the podcast one day as well. Is it like a defender kind of thing? Is it a scrolling kind of... But what controls does it use? Joystick, three buttons. No, it's a twin stick game. It's basically like a twin stick scramble. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. We're going to do that one day. Question seven. Who made River Patrol? Irem. No, Orca. Question eight. Was Space Bugger a real game? No. It is. It's a real game, yeah. It's a real game. It's a kind of uh, Invaders game, I think. Uh, Question nine. Was Dirt Box Devils a real game? Dirt Box Devils. I hope not. No. No, I made that one up. (laughs) But Space Bugger is. Uh, Question ten, and there's a bonus on this. Well, you get three three points if you get it. Name all three bad guys in Sega's Monster Bash. Frankenstein. One. Dracula. Two. Man. Who? Wolfman. No. Chameleon Ghost. Man. Chameleon Man. Yeah. So he, look, he looks a bit like a wolf him. Out of about fourteen answers, you got five. That's good. It's good. I going. would say that is Poor. Fair to poor. <laughs> Occasionally rubbish. Fair to middling. Yes. Which is how we mean to go on. Mm. Feature game review. Right then, Sean. You are responsible for this crock of... It's up to you. Tell us about this game. This, my friends... My beloved podcasting listeners. You is, haven't got any anymore because of no, this. You've gone so. too far this time. It's Alligator Hunt from Gale Co. again, 1994, powered by five Spanish nutters and a psychotic, a psychotic electric guitar player. Also, three buttons and a crosshair game. Think Cabal, but in space, and you sort of kind of there. Yeah. The buttons are fire, roll, cheese roll, yeah, and missile. Mm hmm. It's an eight-way stick, and it also can be configured for analog control. 
Oh, really? So you can use uh, a trackball on it, maybe? I don't know, but it's, 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 in, it's in the sort of instructions. Oh, well, hold on a minute. Because when you, when you hold the fire button down, you stand still and your crosshair moves around. Is that correct? Yeah. But if you let go of the fire and move the joystick, your character moves left and right at the bottom. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Nam 1975 on the Neo Geo. Mm, someone that else said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So how would you do that? I suppose if you held the button down and moved the, the trackball around. Yeah, that would work. I'd probably play better, actually. Mm, I don't know if it'd be a trackball, but it, it did say analog control, and it's in it's in the uh, mm. manual of scene somewhere. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Carry on. Yes. So it's standard settings, which is just so, so tough. Mm. Two lives and you're dead. There is no extra lives. You, get, you can get hit twice and that's it. You're done. That's it, yeah. Mm. It's, it's a one and done kind of game. And it sounds like, apologies kids, it sounds like this. Ears are bleeding. This kind of guitar nonsense was rife in nineties console and arcade games. I think it's like a, it's kind of like a um, digital sound. Uh, what were the samples? What do they call it? MIDI back then. Mm. It's, I, I'm not a fan of it. I am not a fan of this kind of nonsense music in games. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> Right, here is the implausible backstory. You are a teenager on a skateboard with a gun. Of course, because it's a 90s game. Why wouldn't you be? You move left and right across the bottom of the screen, blasting anything in sight. That includes bad guys and background buildings. That's it. That's the standard settings. No clue as to what's going on whatsoever. Yeah, just shoot stuff in face. Yeah, you can... The roll is quite interesting because if you just keep your finger on the roll, instead of moving left and right, you roll left and right. And when you're in mid-roll, you don't get shot. So yeah. that's how you can prolong your it's two not hits. not a great way of playing a game, is it? No. Hang on. I've, I'm just, I've sort of played through it and I made notes. Hang on, there's a cutscene. Alligator people are attacking the earth. Ooh. And they've, they've got like proper bodies and that and like, like hands. What, stop. Have you ever seen a crocodile gallop? No. <laughs> Google it. It's frightening. Galloping crocodile. G- crocodiles, you know the like, big killing machines? Yeah. They can run. Oh, no, I'm not going outside now. <laughs> Absolutely not. The streets of Blackburn are just rife with alligators and crocodiles, aren't they? There's loads of alligators. It just could be like green carpets thrown out in the street. Maybe. Yeah. Now then, you're in a space hangar. Ships approach from the distance. Blast them with your auto-fire crosshair. Or explode them with your missiles. You get more missiles by collecting the little M symbols that shoot out of these little gold walking, these little gold frog walker guys. You shoot them, you can keep shooting them, they, they spew out these M's, and you can collect quite a lot of them. Yeah. What is it with, with keep hitting little people to get goodies out of them? You did that in Golden Axe. When you kick the little elves and you keep kicking them, they keep lobbing out the, the magic potions. It's a bit mm. unfair, isn't it? These poor little guys. Yeah. There's, there's little guys in Kung Fu Master as well, aren't they? Give they them need a, a kick in, though. They, they do need a kick in. Children! 
<laughs> Kick him in face. <laughs> Turd. The hangar is on fire a lot. You leave. Uh-oh. That's level one. Next scene is the Star Wars Scout Walker type dudes. Shoot them right in face. Shoot or bomb enemies in the far distance as this stunts the attack waves. You can shoot. You can see them sort of crossing the screen in the far distance, almost silhouettes. Yeah, you, get them, you get them early, they can't shoot at you because they're not in the yeah. screen yet. And there's no less attack waves, uh-huh. which is good. Some of the enemies drop point bonuses when they die. Keep shooting these point bonuses and they rotate. Right. Like 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. Tw- you get 20,000 Okay. for each one that you get. Mm-hmm. You can get some kind of rating at the at the end of each level. I don't know what it is. When it's some, I've caught one of them because they're so quick. One says, improve your aiming. The next one says, death awaits you. Mm. But there's It awaits all of us, Sean. It does, I'm afraid. Apart from immortal people, they're quite lucky, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the next level is very annoying. It's a runway level. You press your, press your button to start, and you're supposed to reach 280 kilometers by the time you get to the end of this ramp. But one little tiny move and you hit the side of the runway and you you, you lose your speed can so, you tell where mm. i stopped playing this game before this right here mm. this is a bit weird right because the game is a shooting game right it's fine it's a well done shooting game how they work it, it you know you move around and you shoot stuff and it looks quite nice and all that and then you get to this bit well, you're, you're on the left of the screen, right? The very left of the screen. You're going down a very thin runway. And it keeps saying at you, keep right, keep right, keep right. And I'm like, but I'm on the left. So you've got to sort of keep it in the middle. If you just touch the side, you slow down again. And as you said, before you get to the end of this room, which is quite a long way, boring long way away, if you can't get up to, if you're not above 280 kilometers per hour, the game just stops. You explode. What is in. the point of that? It's just, it's just, a, it's just a kill screen. Mm. It's an annoying kill screen. So you're playing the game, you're shooting, you're getting good at it, and then you get this bit, and you're like, all the action just stops, and you do this rubbish bit, which is absolutely pointless. I played this, got to this bit, and went, no, I'm not <laughs> doing it anymore, and that's where I stopped playing. Mm. It was, it was, it, it just needed that little amount of annoyance to stop me playing this silly game. So. Spoilers, kids. I stopped playing there. Well, you missed the amazing crab boss. Bosses are always good as crabs. Mm. Crabby, 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 crabby. But what you do, you don't shoot him, right? Right. He keeps throwing... Every so often, he'll throw out these green... These little mini spiders and you shoot them. But he throws out these green orbs. If you shoot all them, you can get these rotating bonuses up to 20,000. You can almost get... if If you're quick, you can also get like 160,000 every time he does it I can get eight of them oh right so that's where I ramped so you're milking a crab yeah doesn't sound right that no is there any milking crabs or are they just pretty solid yeah crab milk (laughs) everyone knows about crab milk (laughs) duh oh yeah you do that and you do it for ages and then the the guy just gets bored and explodes the crab just goes you're not going to shoot me I hate it when games do that it's just like yeah, it just keeps shooting for points, but you know, have an end point and that just stops, gets bored. So it's just must busy timing things. That's where you can get loads of points. That's where I've got my points. Sorry, kids. Mm-hmm. Then you get an asteroid field. A field of asteroids. Beautiful field of asteroids. Not 1980s 
vector graphics asteroid. These are big chunky buggers. Mm. But this one space buggers. Maybe that's where they got it from. Yeah, might be. If you if you stay in the left hand or right hand corner and rotate your ship when they're getting close to you, you can dodge it more. Rotate so your you, ship. So this is another mini game, is it? No, no. It's just like an asteroid field. So you can you can blast all the blast all the bad stuff coming at you. So you're still on a skateboard, right? Yeah, I don't know what that's about in space. Oh, oh no, no, you're actually in a spaceship now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're in a spaceship. Forgot about that. Right. Yeah. So it does change a little bit up then. Yeah, you, you go into this in this, into this hangar, and this is what this bit says. This this is the story you get. Okay. You get this buxom lady that comes on the screen. She goes, "Base to pilot orders for you," and she does it in like a weird Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. And then the guy goes. Stop the flow and tell me what's on. What's on? <laughs> First, destroy their computer center, she's saying. Then, she's, she's gone really high-pitched. Right. Then, crash their military base. And you'll combat with mutant's brain. Good luck, pilot. And she puts her thumb up. I didn't catch the thumb up. I think about next time. He says, okay, honey, I'm going to smash them. Why is it, right... Mm. Why is it that women in video games are always buxom? Why can they not just have normal-sized chests? It's, it's illegal. Yeah. Sadly, it's just pathetic, isn't it? It's great, isn't it? No. No, it's not. It's, it's horrible, that, anyway. It's just well, p- pathetic. Well, I'm glad that malarkey's cleared up. Let's get going with some proper action. Every so often, you get something called a super missile. This must blow stuff up better i haven't really noticed it's just they just think think it's one bigger explosion you have maybe. written this like a seven-year-old that must blow more stuff up better yes <laughs> that's exactly how it is in the game i think i think a seven-year-old probably wrote the game as well didn't they Sound like boris johnson so <laughs> it, it's more space bases and more space space battles after that it's good graphics it is good graphics mm. It does pay to be proactive and blow stuff up when it's far away like i said to avoid getting attacked close up there's lots of sort of installations where you have to shoot the so, as soon as a turret port opens up shoot it you know mm-hmm. then, then then like the big bits are right just keep shooting them and you, you can get i nearly got to the end of level two i think and you can destroy the base space base enemy base enemy freighter frightening cheese did you see the frightening cheese i didn't see any frightening cheese no I may have made that up. Take out the gun turrets as soon as possible, like I said. There's a, hint, there's a hideous orange Jabba the Hutt thing floating in a hubcap, if anyone's interested. And that's that's standard. When got, that's when I got bored. And there's another cutscene with a lady in it, and I'm just bored now. Yeah. I did, I did play through it, but it's more of the same. Kill the boss at the end, and you're greeted with an amusing scene of the programmers, I assume they're the programmers, shaking their fists in you and putting their thumbs down. A little, I'll try and get it. It's hard to get it because you don't get to that level very often. Yeah. So they're all giving you. They're in. They're, they're actually in the spaceship that you blow up at the end, and they're putting the thumbs down. You know, and, and they're about shaking to die, the, shaking their fists. Mm. Ooh, tips and secrets. You can't be killed mid-roll, so use it to dodge bullets. I just I didn't move my, my skateboard normally. I just rolled across the screen all the time in yeah. case you get hit. So hold on a minute. So you're you're standing on a skateboard, right? Mm. Rolling on the wheels of the skateboard left and right, but and then you can also jump on the ground and roll over with a skateboard. Mm. 
You know our friends on the Pie Factory podcast do a little part of their thing where they do um, video game physics mm. when they're absolute nonsense. This is one of those. This is, would fit right into their, their thing of the notion of if you're on a skateboard, why would you roll around? And why would you be standing on a skateboard shooting stuff anyway? This must be the, the worst thing to stand on. Why wouldn't you just stand around and run shooting? Mm. Why a skateboard? It's this thing in the 90s. This, this game's a 90s game, isn't it? 94, yeah. Where video game programmers, I don't know what, they, they weren't really in the real world. They just looked outside and went, ah, I know what kids like. Kids like playing our games right. We have to put more skateboards in, more books and women, and usually kung fu or ninjas. That's mm. what the 90s game were full of ninjas, skateboards, guitar music, which is this thing. And they do not make a good mix. Mm. It's just pathetic how they just they just rammed. What do we need now? Oh, we just put a skateboard in it. What else do we need? Guitars. What else? Women with big chests, ninjas, mm. and and probably aliens. I expect that look like the alien from the alien films. They just rammed all that in rather than getting good gameplay. Just ram all that in. It'd be good. And that's what they've done in this game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking about the lives. It would have been all right, you know. The graphics and sound. I think the graphics are good quality. They're well animated. They're quite varied, like Thunderhoop was. They're full of cartoon characters. Some of them. The sound is just not for me. It's just wailing electric guitars. This is this. I, I I've just come to the conclusion recently. I think it's when we did Thunderhoop as well. I don't like like the '90s pixel art that much. I yeah. liked, I like the pixel art of game of Nazca games. You know, like the Metal Slugs and the other games they did, the Demon mm-hmm. game. I quite like them; they're really nicely done. But then they got to sort of this. It almost looks like SNES Mega Drive kind of era, and I do mm. like SNES and Mega Drive games. But in the arcade, I didn't like the transition they were going through when they did all this sort of stuff. When it's all like really colourful and really quite detailed stuff, and the music on this game is just absolutely dire it just does not do well in a video game mm. you know i mean i remember when the amiga was like current and that game zen and 2 came out and they used um a quite a low cut down version of um mega blast by bomb the bass and i was mm. really into bomb the bass in, in school i had the album and stuff and when you listen to bomb the bass the actual track of that um that song uh, mega blast and then listen to the Amiga version. It's very, very cut down. They obviously used samples, and it obviously didn't have enough processing power to use the whole, the, all, the, all the samples in the game and the video and, mm. the, and the music. And it does sound quite bad. And I think that's what they tried to do. They tried to get all this sort of sampled music into games, and it didn't quite work. I don't think the technology was quite there enough to do it. I think the next iteration of video games were, were good enough to do it, but they just weren't quite there with that. And I just don't think it works very well. I'd rather have simpler sounds or sound effects or just a little silly tune in the background than this sort of like sampled guitars. It just doesn't... It's too busy. Mm. It's like with with the Thunderhoop game. It didn't go with a jumping platform game. Whereas this doesn't go with a shooting game, I don't think. I think that more sound no. effects would have been better. It doesn't match it. It doesn't... No. What you could do... I'll, I'll... I went into the dip switches and I changed it to four lives. Oh, okay. That'd be and, a bit and fairer, easy. wouldn't it? Yeah, and, and all four lives does, it, it instead of giving you two hits to die on the energy bar, the energy bar goes down in four chunks. 
Right. So it's not really lives, it's just the energy bar. I suppose it is really. It's just the yeah. energy bar goes down slower. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think well, two is just not enough for it, mate. I didn't play it long enough, mate, to be honest with you. Let's do some scores and get this horrible game out of it. Not many people played. Let us take a look at the scores, guys. Ooh. Right. Mr. 25. You got the same Zip. score as me. Did you not get a score? I didn't bother recording it, no, because I got to that bit. Uh, I did the level. It was okay. The game seemed okay-ish. And I got to that bit where you got to do that really pointless runway bit, and I went, no. That's, mm. it's, it's offended me. <laughs> I was offended by it, so I'm not going to play it anymore. I don't know what you- kind of score it was by then. No idea. James Wise Mids. Oh, I think I was playing last night. I met James. I can't remember what we were playing. We were playing. Yes, cool, James. Good to see you. One point. Played Played it on the Evercade. Oh, Gale, that's Gale, null and void. Yeah, Gale Co. Arcade Cartridge. So no score from me this month. Decent right, console game. Nice graphics and animation. It might have been all right, you know. No. I quite like the soundtrack as well. Too tough on one life. And the unskippable lift ride at the start you, becomes painful. You know, you go up with the lift and then into that hangar. I really don't like games where the intro is long enough to be annoying and it won't let you skip it. Mm. Every single game on this planet should be the bit at the start should be skippable by just pressing the fire button or the start button. Because mm. obviously, when you, when you play it and you want to play it again and again and again, you don't want to see that thing over and over and over again. It's just it's painful. It's torture. Mm. J Ping Barber's been on. He got two thousand points. 2000, a quick last minute go. I had to make it snappy. Looking forward to next game. See you later, alligator. To make it snappy. Mark Watt, no gravy, 20,400. And then this is where we get Theodore's score of 34,800. And I shall put that in the score table online. One punch, Ron. It's been on. 127,600. Jumping up now, the scores. Eastwood, 71. That was... um, don't know, Sergio Leo. 225,400. Ross Ross, 239,800. Snarkade, 280,600. Sol, Sol's back, 318,600. And he says, what a horrible game, but kudos for picking something different for us to try. Different, Sean. <laughs> the music seemed kind of cool for the first 10 seconds and it wore off really quickly for me. Was it just me? Or was it too hectic and uncontrollable with a joystick? I'm guessing the experience would be much better if this was a light gun game. It definitely would be different. Mm. Bootsy, one point, 352,000. Christabel, 64, 359,200. This game has a lot of 1990s charm, charm, but the one hit death in later stages is brutal. We're into the points now. Mr. Messi, two points, 396,000. Alligator Hunt. This is a bit like Cabal, Nam 9, 1975, and Wild Guns. That's the game I was trying to think of yesterday, Wild Guns. But in the style of a second-rate SNES game. Less of a hidden gem, but more like finding a pound coin down the side of a sofa. <laughs> See you later. This, this game, right, if this game could be put in a bargain bin, it would be put in a bargain bin. It would go straight to video. Straight to video. That's one of these kind of... If it was a film, it'd be straight to video. You reckon? Yeah. Pilbo, 414,200. Grey Bags, 507,200. 
Adam Flint, 656,200. And Adam says, Please find attached a screenshot of my alligator hunt score of 656,200. The gameplay mechanic reminded me somewhat of an old Atari ST game called Exterminator, which itself was an arcade port. There's me with six points with a million. Oh, three shame on you. That was kind of milking the points, but why not? I'm ashamed of you, Sean. I don't care. Rygar. <laughs> 1,253,200. The relentless difficulty is just too much. I kind of like the roly-poly side-to-side dynamic, but with only two hits before game over, no energy recharges or extra men, it's never going to get the love it probably deserves. So you don't even get... You can't even build your energy back up again. No. Ugh. No. Not. It's Absolutely just, not. It's strange, isn't it? Mr. Mm. Berserker's got a great score. Eight points. 1,939,200. Alligator Hunt, I find, is like Marmite. I don't know of any arcade games that only give you one chance and then you're dead. Will I play it again? No. I can understand why there are so few scores submitted for this game. There's only about 20, 22 scores, I think. I think it's like Marmite, as it should go directly into the bin. Oh, I love Marmite. I'm oh. Marmite on crumpets. I'm having it lately. Stop it. I'm going to puke right now. Aid Skyway 73, 1.9468 million. That's a weird way of saying 1,946,800, isn't it? Yeah, well done, mate. Well done. And the top of the list. Very good score from Zestora. 10.3,862,400. That's got to be near a 1cc, I think. It's got to be near the end. I do not care. Well done, mate. Zestora needs extra points for going that far in the game. Mm. That is above and beyond the Call of Duty, I think. Mm. So changes and improvements for this game, apart from just not playing it, uh, obviously more lives. lives, mm. Or more energy bars. Maybe if we'd known this, Sean, we would have probably said to everyone to put it onto four energy bars, wouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, Celevy. Hmm. More bonuses for killing attack formations. That would be good. You'd think they would have done that. Yeah, that's a normal thing in a video game, isn't it? Get rid of the worst game level ever. That stupid accelerate down the runway level. If they got rid of that, I may have played it. Mm. This is the kind of game that if I'd encountered it in the arcade back in the day, I'd have done exactly the same as what I did now at the age of 50 years old. I'd have played it and just gone, nope, that's not getting any more 10 pences. Absolutely Mm. not. And by the time this came out, it would probably have been 30p. Mm. Mm. Three credits. Absolutely not. Annoy! Enjoy! Right, Annoy, I know. I, I would enjoy it with a mate to credit through. Absolutely not. Because it, it, it's quite, it's got quite a good feel to it. I think it's got quite a good. I like the rolling, I like the shooting, but the actual stupid credits—they're just—it's just like a, a turtles game or a Sim, the Simpsons fighters. Fight right, yeah. It's made so you put loads of credits in and play two players. I'm not getting sucked into it. I'm not putting any credits in this. Stupid gameplay decisions make it almost unplayable. So annoy. Enjoy with mates, I would say. Play through with mates. Because mm. it's, it's, it's a shame, because I like the mechanic of it. I might go back and play Nam 75 and them ones, because I do like that. Or Cabalus and that. Mm. But, <laughs> be, I, know I don't like gun games at all, you know this. Mm. But this would have been much better 
with the controller being a moving gun, like Operation Wolf. This would be yeah. quite a good Operation Wolf-type game if they'd used a gun with it and a crosshair. Mm. But that, that was a joystick game, wasn't it? It was just attached to a gun, so it made it look like you were actually moving a gun around. It was actually a joystick. Yeah, it wasn't an optical yeah. game at all. But that would have been that would have made this game much much better. But I, I I need to look through the Galco games and see if they've ever done a good game because the two games we've reviewed on the podcast have both been terrible. Mm. Abs- I don't know if it's the era they were going through, which I don't particularly like. Or whether they just did rubbish games, but they've both been quite bad, haven't they? Do you want me to have a look? We'll have a look for next time. We'll comment on it next time. Yeah. So yeah. for me, absolutely annoy. That bit where it I'm quite picky about games. If I'm playing a game, I want to play that game. So I'm playing Pac-Man, it's a maze game. Right? I'm playing Donkey Kong, it's a platform game. If I'm playing Star Force, it's a shooting game. That's exactly what it says on the tin. That's what I want to play. I don't want to do a level and then go, oh, it's just changed from a shooter game to a platform game. Sometimes they work, but most of the time they don't. They just It's just out of the, the comfort zone. It's like, why are they doing this? And this is exactly mm. the same what they've done here. So you, you're sort of playing around, you're shooting things, you're getting into the game. Well, great. And you get on this bit where you're on a silly spaceship and you can hardly move. What is the point of that? I tell you, the Aliens game did it well. I know you weren't a fan of that Aliens game because there was weird colour aliens. Oh, no, that was Sunset Riders. But there, there was scenes in that where you'd go down a tunnel and the aliens were climb, climbing on the front of your yes. whatever it was. Like yeah, a, that, that worked quite well. Even though it wasn't for me, yeah. I think that quite yeah. worked quite well. They did it well. But this mm. game, just, it's just it's just killed it for me. I couldn't play after because yeah. I played it and went, I'm not doing this again. And it, mm. it was really weird. It was like, keep right. And you were on the left. What? It didn't really tell you what you needed to know to do the game. And then and then absolutely killing your game off if you didn't complete it. Absolutely not. That's a, that's a, game, that's a game killer for me. What they should mm. have done is given you a bonus. And if you didn't make it, no bonus. Mm. And obviously if you did make it, big bonus. Great. You know, you've done something that they've told you to do. But yeah, absolutely not. Properly annoy. Mm. And the last word on this, it's got to be... Play Cabal, play yeah. Operation Wolf, uh, play any of those games that do it better. Mm. I, I don't like gun games, and I would much prefer play Operation Wolf than this rubbish any day of the week. Next show's game. Right, kids. The next show's game, Victor normally fit fills this one in and it's nothing in so I'm worried oh I because when I was doing before we did the podcast this is how bad the game was right I had some time before we started recording and rather than playing the game I was doing admin I was doing the (laughs) web page so I filled it in on the web page so the game is Checkman alright this is from Zillek Zenitone got a feeling it's a UK company. It is. Uh, the ROM is Checkman, as you'd think it would be spelled. Three lives, normal difficulty, extra life on 100,000 points, and the difficulty increases at level five. Right. It's an odd little game. I remember, play, I remember playing this in the chip shop as a kid. So it is an old one for me. I've played it quite a lot before. Don't think I'm very good at it, mind. 
So, get on and play that. Um, arcade ROMs only. No Evercade or console version of it, thank you. Because um, they may be different, so it's not a level playing field. You can send your scores into Twitter. Is hashtag 10 score. You can use the Sidecack app in the 10 Arcade Club section. You can email the site, which is vertvic at 10 You can put it on Facebook as a comment on the podcast post, and you can send it to us on UKVAC as well. Uh, the deadline for school submissions is Monday, the 30th of October, 5pm. So, get into Checkman. Mm. He's got a nice hat. Does he? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I've got, I've, I've got a nice sort of beanie hat, which is quite nice. Maybe you should wear it whilst playing Checkman. Mm, I think I might do. You look handsome as a handsome thing. <laughs> anyway, have you got any more to add to that, Sean, before we go? No, thank you for listening kids i do it's a kind of apology about the the game there because as you should be you should be ashamed of yourself i think it's i think it plays well but it's just so Mm. ridiculously stupid on the the like no no sort of power-ups or no no energy energy back or no extra lies flying around anywhere i think nothing it's a perfect storm of poop (laughs) <laughs> you imagine people flying around the place that's what this game is I like the graphics again they're, they're sort of bizarre yeah not keen so mm. Sean the next time you do a game make mm. it a good one otherwise you are getting ducked in the pool rotten tomatoes thrown at you and a wedgie oh god I don't like that I don't like wedgies you're having all that if your next game is rubbish I'm going to come down to Blackpool and duff you up I'm going to steal mm. your lunch money and give it back. bad things to you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, bye. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 pence arcade and you can tweet sean at sean holly we'd love to hear from you for game suggestions arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered 